takes so long to see patients and to do things when you have to put PPE on. Of course. Because you do, you do it with a buddy, so this needs to be yeah. two of you, because that person has to check that you're doing it right. You know, you need to take time. Well, I, you know, personally always take my time when I do it, because I don't want to go into a room where I've put a mask on properly. Um, so it's time consuming, and the patients are pretty sick, and a lot of them are being prone, and that's really time consuming, so that takes about... 20 minutes, half an hour, once you've got assembled a team of six people, which is what you need, you all need to wear full PPE, you then need to go into the room, you need to basically wrap the patient up in, a, in sheets like they're kind of in mm. a parcel almost, mm. you need to detach mm. most of the monitoring so you've got the least things attached to the patient because you're flipping them 180 degrees and you don't want things to be pulled out. Um, you need to try and make sure the ventilator circuit doesn't break, so you need to check every single connection, tape it, make sure it's not going to break. So that's half an hour, six people, half an hour, one patient. You're listening to The Ten Podcast, the discovery and design channel in health. Tune in with me, your host Matt Patterson, to learn about insights from the world of healthcare today. I'm very grateful to have Dr. Colette Coyle on the podcast today. Uh, Colette is a consultant in critical care medicine at the Royal London Hospital. Um, Today we're going to talk about the challenges of PPE and the realities of working in the critical care environment in one of London's busiest hospitals. Welcome Colette, thank you for coming on to the show this morning. Tell us a little bit about your role uh, and your responsibilities in relation to the PPE discussion we've been having. So in terms of uh, availability of equipment, I am leading around PPE um, at Royal London and basically every day I go in I go to the outside the bays and the bed spaces that we're looking after COVID patients and the correct equipment isn't there. We're running out of um, all, all aspects of PPE. Such so, as? Uh, we're supposed to be using water-repellent, long-sleeve, full-length gowns. Yeah. They are running out on a daily basis. They are being replenished, but not in sufficient numbers to keep it going 24-7. Yeah. So we are having to use... Uh, sterile surgical gowns which aren't water repellent at times when we run out of the plastic water repellent ones. And the key bit there is water repellent not sterile, right? Yeah, they need to be water repellent not sterile. Yeah, Yeah. that's the PHG advice, public health England advice. Okay, what else? Uh, Masks, um, so we were being advised by the NHS to do what's called fit testing for masks, which is a complicated process where you stick a hood over somebody's um, head, they put, they put their mask on first and then you squirt a really foul tasting material into the hood and if they can't taste it after six minutes it means that that mask is fit tested for them and works. Wow. Um, so we were doing that for several weeks leading up to this, which meant one, we wasted a lot of masks doing that. And now we're in a situation where we haven't even got the masks we were testing people on, so it's completely pointless. 
and we're just using whatever we can get. What does, um, that, what does that mean in reality? Um, so we've now got um, some reusable masks um, that we had during the swine flu epidemic. So what? they they're what look like a gas mask is the best way to describe it. It goes over the nose and mouth and it has two big filters on the side of it. Okay. Um, and we've written a cleaning SOP for those. We're starting to use those to try and salvage some of the disposable masks. Um, there are suppliers of disposable masks coming in, yeah. but they're not the masks that we were originally advised we would be using. So yeah. they're, just, they're just a mask that the NHS have obviously managed to get a hold of. How do they work with visors? How will they impact on visors? Do they, will they impinge on them? It doesn't impact the visor. The visor still goes over the top. Okay. So that's quite... Um, uh, we've ordered some full face masks. Yes. Reusable full face masks. The look... Right. Um, so we're just working out how we can clean those to reuse them and we're hoping we'll be able to get those up and running next week. Um, we are gloves, so at the moment we're being advised to use um, non two pairs of non-sterile gloves. You put one pair on, then you put your gown on, and yes. put another pair over the top. Yes. Yes. What I've been finding is doing that, leaving a gaping hole around my wrist area or my forearm, right. which is exposing me to touch COVID, which is you know on all the surfaces in all the bays that I'm going into, because we've been told specifically not to take. In a surgical glove, yeah. a sterile surgical glove, which is longer than a normal glove, yeah. over my first glove to give yeah. me better coverage. But they are expensive and sterile and they don't need to be. So we just need longer. We do something called proning the patient, which is turning them onto their yeah. tummy when their ventilation gets really bad, yeah. can't vent properly on their back. So that's a really high risk procedure because you're turning, then there's a risk the ventilator circuit could break while yes. you do that. Yes. And then COVID gets blown everywhere because the ventilator's on full blast. Um, okay, really interesting. The, so on the visor, what is critical about visors to make them work effectively? Um, so I would say um, they need to be long enough that they're going to cover your whole face. So they need to be, the plastic piece at the front needs to come at least below your chin. Okay. Um, uh, they need to be comfortable. So, you know, you put in the foam band and then the elastic band at the back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what? How comfortable for how long? What's described comfortable for me? How long would you wear this for? What would it mean? So, um, the, the nurse that's in the bay will be wearing it anywhere up to six hours before she gets a break. Um, so it needs to be not too tight that it's going to cause pain around the side of her head, but obviously tight enough that it's not going to slip. I mean, we are sweating buckets in those rooms. Um, okay. What are your thoughts? If it can be cleaned and reused, that would be the most amazing thing. Tell me about um, cleaning and What's cleaning and reusing? What does, tell me about cleaning. What does it need to be cleaned with? So cleaning is complicated. So the cleaning procedure that we've got for our reusable masks, uh, the doctor that wears the mask doffs the mask into a bucket. Okay. Oh, what? And then takes that bucket to a decontamination room. And the decontamination room will consist of having a cleaner nominated per day so that we're using our healthcare assistants to do that at the moment. Bleep, they will bleep the cleaning bleep and say there is a mask to be cleaned and the cleaner will go to the room. The cleaner then has to put full PPE on, yeah. mask out the bucket, 
take the mask apart completely, and I mean completely, the straps come off, every clip comes off, every bit of filter comes off. Um, yeah. Because the filters, um, most of them are bits of the mask can be submerged in water, but the filters can't. Okay. Um, so <laughs> the filters have to be cleaned, wiped with detergent, so hot soap and water, essentially. Yeah. Um, and then they have to be wiped with a hypochlorite solution, which consists of some chlorine tablets that get put into water. Um, you have to, so then the mask gets dunked in detergent, hot soap and water. Yeah. taken out, rinsed, and then thrown into the chlorine solution and left in that for a minute. Then it all gets taken out and put into a clean bucket that's labelled clean and yeah. taken to a clean drying area and everything is laid out in a drying area to dry and then someone has to go back and put the mask back together and put it back into circulation. That is how complicated it is at the moment. So it's a bit like surgical parts and going through the sterilisation process they do with the airway. Yeah. It's almost like that for masks. Yeah, I asked our infection control yesterday if we could buy some UV sterilisation mm. cabinets mm. Um, because that is a lot easier. I mean, yeah. You put stuff in yeah. for half an hour and you don't have to take it apart, it comes out and it's clean. Yeah. Um, so they're looking into that for us to see if that's an option because then we can just throw everything yeah. into these cabinets, yeah. get it cleaned and not have somebody that's laborious and time consuming yeah. at the moment, it's cleaning process, it'd be much better. Yeah. At some point, yes, we've got an idea of what our first line PPE is, but we have to have a backup plan for when that's yes. not available because that's going to happen. Them a plastic visor that covers their face mm. rather than having nothing to cover their face, yeah. then happy days. That's so, so, so we people are, people want to work and we want, we're on it we want, we've got your back um, uh, but there's a lot of a lot of people out there who are like we are resource waiting to support we're never going to support on the front line this is what can we do there's literally an army of producers out there saying how can we help yeah that's amazing brilliant cool all right thank you no, thank you thank you and all your team we're only just scratching the surface at the moment mm. but um, I can't I can't imagine what it's going to be like in two weeks time. Thanks for listening on the podcast. If you'd like to come on the pod and discuss about anything related to COVID-19 and your life experience and expertise, then please do get in touch. Hello at weare10.co.uk. You can subscribe and follow and forward it to others on Spotify. Speak to you soon. Until next time, thank you.